I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, you're very welcome. So we are continuing our post-match discussion after a brilliant evening for Ireland in the south of France. 21 points winners against the French was uh, very not uh, the expectation, I think it's fair to say. Uh, pre-game. We still have Rob and Andrew and Shane here in studio. We might just start with getting some more reaction from Marseille. So Calvin Nash scored a debut here on his uh, our debut Six Nations try, rather. Uh, let's hear from Nash, who um, obviously got the nod ahead of Matt Hansen. Calvin, that's not too bad, bad is it? A first competitive start for Ireland and a try scoring one and a, a victory in France. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, from the second we got out into the pitch, like the, the crowd, geez, it felt like they were all on top of us. You know, the, the atmosphere was electric, but uh, you know, it's a special team to be part of and uh, really honoured that I could play my part in this really, really big win. Talk to us about some of the messages you were getting from the more senior players and the coaches before this game. It was a big game for you to come out and produce a performance like that in. Yeah, look, naturally at the start of the week, like I was very nervous, to be honest. Um, but there was constant, constant encouragement, constant uh, just advice of just being yourself, always be yourself, and uh, like the best, the best of yourself uh, will do it for us. Like so, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> Tell us what you were thinking when you were waiting out in the wing here, because we could see you with your hands up in the air, waiting for the ball, waiting for your moment. What was going through your head? Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it, but I was like, please, please, can I get this? Uh, but yeah, the lads did amazing work then and saw the space as well. And uh, I think it was Kalen who gave me the last pass, so I'll be saying thanks to him later on. Uh, talk to us about the people behind you. I don't know if you have family and friends here this evening. and I'm sure there's loads of people uh, watching at home must be very proud of this moment. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a massive honour to put on this jersey and represent everyone back home. But uh, my dad, my brother and uh, my girlfriend made the trip over to France uh, last minute, so they have a bit of a hole in their pocket. But uh, no, uh, unbelievable to do it in front of them there and have their support as well. I think you, you repaid them a few, Bob, with, uh, with that performance this evening. Well uh, done. Hopefully, yeah. Thanks very much. Thanks Cheers, so. Calvin. Thank Brilliant. You. Good stuff. Yeah, big night for him. I mean, he would have felt the pressure in his own way. Scores a try, winning uh, performance and rewarded for a very good form at Munster for some time now. Yeah, and there's a special joy with getting your first um, Six Nations cap as well. And we saw earlier um, Crowley speaking about, you know, his friends and family. And there's kind of, there's a whole ecosystem around these players as well. And there's nothing... You know, the, we think we have anxiety before games. There's nothing like the anxiety that you know your 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 closest family and friends have before a game. So, for him to come out on the you know a winning side in the side of France, maybe beyond expectations and scoring a try, it's you know it's a it's a really lovely story. And mm. um, you know he'll grow into that as well. And he's had some great form. I've sort of done some an analysis of of uh, his performances in Munster over the last while, and he's well worth his his place in the team. And you know. Mark Hansen, whatever he comes back, he may come back, but he's this um, chap now has an opportunity to to stake a claim, and um, you know having a try gives him a little bit more comfort. 
he just needs to up his um, touches. You know, how can he get involved more? It's a, it's a really big thing with the wings, and you know, from even back in our day, it was the kind of the focus was how can he get involved? It's not enough just to stand on the wing and wait for it to come out to you. I'm not saying that's that's what he did, yeah. but it's how many times can you get involved and how important can you put yourself in the team so other players want to get the ball to you and you know have a relationship with the nine, have a relationship with the ten for on the blind side, uh, and then you know be the be the link man. At the um, out the back door from one side to the other, someone like James Lowe, kicking is such a massive part of the game. So, what are the other, uh, you know, add-ons that you're you're uh, providing mm. to the team that means they have to pick you? It could be harder at the minute for someone like Calvin Nash to get in. You know, we see Mac Hansen coming in at first receiver. With Johnny Sexton, he's so established that he can kind of cope with a little bit of disruption. Someone like Jack Rowley's trying to establish that 9-10 where the guys who dictate the pace, the shape, the phase play. You know, Calvin Nash coming in there is probably less welcome yeah. there in a new setup where um, Jack's trying to establish himself. But you himself. remember, like, Sexton for a long period of his career would go bananas if everybody went in, in first receiver. He couldn't deal with it. That was his place. That was his domain. And was only actually a little bit later when he became more comfortable. And, and when we just stopped listening to yeah, him. Yeah, maybe it was that, yeah. But, but like, he would, he would lose it. And you know, Ireland, as a result, would lose their shape. And because nobody was stepping in and, and sort of um, taking that first receiver role and, and being able to dictate things around. As soon as Sexton was out, he was held in the ground. Then Ireland were at sixes and sevens. And it wasn't a little bit later that, yeah, as Trim said, people stopped listening to him. That, uh, that, or he felt a little bit more relaxed in it. That, uh, that was allowed to happen. Yeah. I think the, the good thing for Nash now after this game is it was only at the start of the week there was a huge amount of chat that Gary Ringrose was going to play in the wing. Um, mm. You know, we didn't have another winger. Did we trust another winger? Um, you know, now we have another very viable option there on the wing. And whether Mac Hansen in time comes back into the team, Calvin Nash has established himself now as an international right winger that we don't need to have to move our centres away and play them on the wing anymore, which is, is a big bonus. Because it didn't actually bode particularly well for the first game of the Six Nations um, if we were having to move our centre out onto the wing when we're one of the top rugby countries in the world. Yeah. And how difficult a thing is it to learn that? I mean, you two have been out there. That What, what Hansen seems to almost make look so natural and intuitive. Well, I'm just going to saunter in and pop up in midfield. Mm. I presume if you're doing that at the wrong times or, or, or misreading a situation, it could be very dangerous and, and yeah. really frowned upon. So it's probably easier said than done to just say, you know what, I kind of feel like I'm just going to saunter inside here on a whim. Yeah, and it, it's definitely not on the whim. I mean, you have to pick and choose your moments correctly. And if you, you know, especially if there's a call in play and you know you come up through the middle, you're, you know, and you're not wanted, that's a major issue. But it is it's sort of an imperative um, to to I think to, to to win play and and was you know that was the kind of thing that you and I I think sort of based our careers on you know. Um, I wasn't the kind of wing that you, we could just stay out there and then you give me the ball and I'd finish it every time. I wasn't fast enough. So I think, what else can I contribute here if it's not just being a pure finisher? It's, it's, uh, it's work rate and, and you know, using your sort of physicality to try and get over the gain line and, and, and act almost as another centre, as I saw it. Um, sometimes you see a, you know, an outside centre as more of a wing or you know, wing full back. Mm. But you know, from my perspective, I was like almost playing as a third centre. It's definitely somewhere Ireland can go and they've had it with Mac Hansen, but it's definitely probably a, um, a blind spot at the minute whenever he's not there because you look at all the, all the best teams. Now, France tonight weren't the best team, but Tom Ramos does it, you know, Richie Moanga and Boden Barrett do it, you know, 
a first receiver either side, stepping up, just taking pressure off. It, that's important to have that string to your bow. Mm. Without Mack Hansen, there's definitely a gap there. Will Ireland go with a 6-2 split forevermore? Mm, I don't think so. No. Um, did the 6-2 split work tonight? Yeah, the, the red card, obviously, had, had a big impact. I thought Ireland's bench was phenomenal when they come on. Every single one of them made a very big impact. Um, Bar Frawley only got three minutes and that's always the problem uh, with the 6-2 when you're the outside back on the bench. The coach is holding on to you for the very last minute in case he gets an injury somewhere across the back line. So he was always going to be in that situation if there was no injuries. Um, but you know, I, I think they will going forward now they'll back the five forwards on their bench to to be I think physically be dominant enough. as a result of that game to do 6-2 again for a couple of reasons uh, one they'll have ring rows back so if you've got ring rows back you're thinking well he's either starting you, you know there's, there's no way Bundyaki can't start right even you know no matter how good Henshaw is at the moment so it's either ring rows or, or Henshaw coming off the bench as an impact back and they do have an impact. They can have an impact and they can change a game or, or contribute to a game. So I think he'd want to retain that and not put um, put and feel as if that all the cha game changers have to come from, from the um, forwards because, as Rob says there, if, it's, if you have a 6-2, you can't make a tactical change, really. You know, certainly not yeah. outside nine because you don't have anyone. You're, you're, you're potentially bunched if you get an injury. Also, you know, the that performance kind of showed, well, we have the physicality for this, you know, with the numbers that we have, the, the starters and the bench. And I know they had an extra number, but at the same time, you think these guys, we're able for it. Certainly, maybe it's different against South Africa. Maybe we need, you know, you would need it against South Africa. Um, but you don't, they're the next most physical team in the world by a long way, mm. you would have thought. And, and I know they had, a, they had a shocker and, you know, maybe they'll be better again. But there's no team, other team in the Six Nations where you go, oh, I really need that extra bit. England maybe mm. at Twickenham, but probably not. I'd, I would keep the 5-3. The, the it's nice that they, they can go there and now they've proved and they've got that string to the bow, they can, they can go that direction. I'd be worried that they were doubled down on too many conclusions from tonight's game. Nice. France were freakishly bad tonight. They were really, really poor. We, could, we couldn't believe how slow they were to come off the line. There was nowhere near that that level of intensity that we were expecting in that venue on a Friday night, you yeah. know, opening the Six Nations, it, they were a shadow of the French team that we've seen over the last couple of years. So uh, more than just the 6-2, I'd be worried that we would get carried away. I mean, France, we've got to go to uh, Murrayfield next week. I mean, you probably fancy Scotland for the way France are playing. So, and that could put that game in context. So. How much of that, you know, we haven't spoken much about it. We didn't in the, in the main broadcast either about DuPont. You know, but mm. how, much, how much is Olympics that? Right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It all there, there may be a bit more of a backlash because it was all you know all fine and dandy as long as you know France mm -hmm. won the Grand Slam this year because they you know they're teed up to do it. And, you know, Ireland away in the first game. You know, then it's it's all downhill from there. But it looks you know it looks more indulgent when they've lost the first game in the manner they have, and he's obviously a keystone for them. Mm. But how much how, how much can you put it how much can you put weight do you put on him missing? Yeah, I well, in terms of where France were poor tonight, 
was the physical exchanges. So getting off the line, making those big hits, winning collisions, he's he's not necessarily really going to contribute in that way, but there's an intangible value that the talisman, the leader, the big voice in the change room, someone like DuPont, like obviously he has a big impact in that team and, and how they perform. Uh, Matty was talking about the turnover and backroom staff as well. That's all well and good. They're contributing and their voice is there, but DuPont's voice, I'm sure, is a voice whenever he speaks, people listen. Yeah. You just yeah. wonder, in, in, I mean, as it unfolds in real time, Rob, DuPont has said post-World Cup, well, I'm taking the Six Nations off, in effect, to prioritise the Olympics. Just by osmosis, it just sends a message to everybody that this is not 100%. With yeah. the best will in the world, they might say it is. But suddenly you do think, I mean, every, every, the boys are talking about the physical exchanges. There was an attitude issue tonight. And all the ingredients were there, Marseille and the novelty of it, nighttime kickoff. I mean, if Ireland can't whet your appetite, nothing can. And yet, like, just the, the, the kind of, are we up for the fight wasn't uh, there. So you, you just wonder if DuPont going has just turned the atmosphere down a couple of degrees, especially post-World Cup. Well, there's no doubt that tonight that French performance was, I think, the worst we've seen from them in three years. Oh, under Galtier, certainly. Certainly, certainly. since Galtier has yeah. taken over. Yeah. Um, and it was majority of it was an, an attitude issue. They, they, they didn't look as if they wanted to be there. There was no desire from them. Mm. And whether DuPont is much more of a talisman for them in terms of that emotional attitude piece, um, maybe so. But I, the other 14 guys can't be relying on, on their talisman to bring that. Sure, and I'm not saying that's right if that's what's happened, but human nature is human nature. Yeah, it, it may have been what happened. You wouldn't say, oh, that's okay, fellas, but it could be what's happened. And there's yeah. an element of French rugby. They have traditionally always relied a little bit more on emotion anyway, and how much more emotional can you be than... Yeah, but at, like the, at the, the same point. time, Luku, I would say, was France's worst player tonight. He was really, really poor. Um, so, you know, okay, you, t you take out a player like DuPont and for whatever reason wants to go to yeah. the Olympics. The French Federation, I'm sure, had a huge say in that. Ultimately, they would have had to clear it. Um, but they would have thought, okay, this guy coming behind, he's played a lot of times for France. He's our number two. We can grow him and, you know, he's not going to be the same as DuPont, but he's not going to let us down. He's a good player. And yeah. he did let them down yeah. tonight. I'd be keen to hear what Sean Edwards has to say about that performance. because Was somebody in your ear? We have Sean Edwards standing oh, by. Oh, this oh, is it's beautiful. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was recorded earlier on, obviously. Here's Sean Edwards. That's brought to you by Shane Horgan. <laughs> Sean, you've set high standards with this team. How, you, how do you sum up tonight? Well, obviously, we're very disappointed the way we played, even with 14 players. But we're playing against, you know, team ranked number two in the world. And we just couldn't get any turnovers at the, at the breakdown. I thought the rook speed was absolutely unbelievable. Um, and they, they only lost four balls the whole game. You know, whether that be handling errors or line outs, just total turnovers was four. It was just absolutely incredible. The performance from the Irish team, I thought it was fantastic. But we should have been more active in that area, trying to create the turnovers. It doesn't help when you're down to 14 men for 50 minutes. Was that unlucky for Paul Velemza or avoidable? It was, well, yeah, 10 minutes before that as well, don't forget. So, um, it's just it's part of modern-day rugby. I mean, I haven't seen the incident in detail, so I, don't, I wouldn't want to comment about it. Uh, but, you know, I was disappointed in some of the defence in the first half. We improved a bit in the second half. 
but we just couldn't stop them all because, you know, Paul Williamson is vital in stopping them all because, you know, he's second row forward. Is that the best Ireland team you've faced? The best performance you've been on the end of? Well, Ireland were ranked number one in the world for a lot of last season. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, they were quite unlucky to lose against New Zealand in the quarter-final. And uh, a little bit, you know... Uh, so, it doesn't surprise me that when you're down to 14, and, you know, we, we lost 14 balls in, in total, and, and they lost four, it doesn't really surprise me that you, you're going to lose. Because... They're just, a, you know, they're a world-class team. You know, if um, if it was the other way around and, and we had 15 and they had 14, obviously I'd expect to win. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay. You were saying you were saying. Were saying. to hear from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you were saying? Um, yeah, I, he, he's not as kind of um, livid no. as I expected him to be. Do you it? suspect there'll be an unedited version yes. in the dressing room or, or, or do, you, do you buy what he's selling there? Well, you know, he's, he's normally a guy who wears his heart fairly much on his sleeve as well. So he's done well to sort of suppress his anger there. Um, but he's, he, I do think he's hiding a little bit behind the, the 14 men. The, mm. That issue existed. Um, you know, before before Vilmos made his made his two errors, yeah. they were better with they fourteen were, men than they were with fifteen. Yeah, well, you know, well there, there wasn't much in it certainly, mm. but I haven't seen. I, I the I always remember when he came in first that French outfit. It was in the autumn internationals, and there was like someone turned a switch with France. And you remember before that there was ten years. It was a full decade. France. They're all saying, "Oh, when are we going to see the real France?" We we were never going to see them because they were gone. There wasn't just the commitment level that, you know, the, the debt, there was never any desperation, the willingness to work. They were always walking over everyone, were walking everywhere, never hurried to get back, you know, didn't have, an, uh, have a, a, um, a modern defensive system or, or, or aggression. And he came in and it was only in weeks and then it completely changed. And they, they, I think they won, you know, they won the, um, either the, the championship or Grand Slam that next year. They were just a, a different animals altogether. That's the worst I've seen them since, and it didn't look like a Sean Edwards team. And you know, you you know, you've yeah, been and, and listen, the, the Sean Edwards we've just seen there is not the Sean Edwards that's going to do the video review on Monday morning. Um, I've been in reviews with him where he has lost every single marble that he has um, <laughs> because guys are not coming off the line. The whole ethos of his. Uh, defensive system is ferocious line speed. He comes from a rugby league background. Yeah. It's getting up as aggressively as you can. We didn't see that once tonight 
from France. Not there, once. There was a passage in the first half where we were harking back to, you remember Paris two years ago and Josh van der Fleer was isolated at one-off carry and got absolutely smashed that night. There was like a sequence of four, five, six one-off Irish runs and every single one of them just ran into somebody and made metres and it was very strange to understand what was going on with France in, in, in even in moments like that. It just looked really easy for the yeah. for this Irish team. And we put a package together before the game of the French pack and the power that they brought. It's a different French team that was playing tonight. I thought they um, I thought they were over um, they were getting around the corner too much. They were and they were spreading numbers and then when Ireland were coming back, they weren't getting back. And you saw, particularly for the try, the uh, Tyg Byrne try, they were very panicky. They weren't getting numbered off correctly and they were, they're, then their spacing was too wide. And then if that happens, if you're not set, um, then it's very difficult to get off yeah. the line as quickly as you want because you're, you're panicking. You're thinking, I'm, I'm not getting off the line because I'm going to be isolated here. And actually that's what was happening mm. um, because the spacings were wrong and therefore there was too many gaps between, there was, the gaps were too big between defenders and there's a real reluctance to get off the line. And, and if you don't get off the line against teams like Ireland because they're taking the ball to you so they then have all the momentum. And, we saw with, with Dante and that try, he was left, he didn't know what he was doing. He was looking at someone out the back door and there was a short line coming into him and he eventually went in for the in to take the short line, which is the man he should have taken anyway. Yeah. But he couldn't get in because he'd left it too late. But the, the guys coming around the corner as well, the front five, the, the, I thought that team tonight looked like a team who were unfit that they didn't have the conditioning levels mm. that they did during the World Cup. But I don't, they were I, constantly chasing but, shots. But is that yeah, tiredness? I, I, I don't know if we'll be able to find it. Sorry, the guys <laughs> have a million clips behind the, the scenes, I know. There, there's a shot you picked out, uh, first half where there's a line out and you'll see the French forwards are all heaving, breathless. And, and this was far too early on so for them to look. 20 minutes into the game. You that know, there, tired, there, there, yeah. There was multiple shots that, that, that we could have picked. You know? So here we go, they've just, they've just turned the tide here and have a penalty into the corner. But look on the right-hand side of the screen. Wrecked. No, no, no sense of body language, and we're yeah. up here, and we're we're about to win. And Ireland are looking at that, thinking these guys aren't up for it. We, we're physically on top here. We've got the edge, and look, they're walking hands and shoulders. They're telling the opposition we are tired. I don't and understand how that that can't be a physical thing, though, because Bordeaux, Toulouse, La Rochelle—they've been dominating Europe. They've been physical. They've been high-paced. They've been skillful. They've been. They've been dominating and they've been fit. Well, maybe that's the price for it, though. It's not a fitness yeah. thing, it's a fatigue issue. Mm -hmm. Everything put into the World Cup, it was their Everest and poof. It's interesting as well, though. Because that, that would be a World Cup hangover. That would be the definition of it there. Shaggy, mm. um, uh, you're, you're touching on it there. Defensively, they, they, their first step is sideways. You know, it was kind of going sideways. And that maybe, you know, I wonder if this kind of coincides with a, a change in, in Ireland's kind of strategy and thoughts around this. because. We've spent two years trying to outsmart defences, trying to pull defenders out and then put people through holes, skill set, circle pass, all this sort of stuff. And it looked like um, France were defending like that in anticipation of don't get caught out, tag on, try and find find what they're up to, basically. Yeah, let them do and, their thing. And Ireland went, you know what, we've, we're actually a bit fed up um, outsmarting defences. We're just going to steamroll defences. Yeah. Because look, look at Big Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Big Joe now. No, we've got... Uh, and it just coincided, maybe, you know, an we've got another string to, our, uh, string to our bow. We're going to hear from Caelan Doris in a moment. Just a quick question. I uh, want to get your sense. We had heard a lot of talk about Jacqueline Arbour's influence at Leinster and would we see an Irish defence shooting off the line like they're aspiring to do in Leinster? Would If, if you had uh, been under a rock for the last number of months and didn't know 
Neen Arbor was in town, would you have watched the Irish defence tonight and said, oh, there's something a bit different there to what we saw at the World Cup or not especially? Um, I, I thought the defence looked very good, but I don't think they were, I don't think we're seeing a, a change or yeah. a fundamental change in, um, um, in, in tactics there. We're seeing probably the... Um, the previous tactic implemented really very well. well. Okay. Now the competition at breakdown, I think, could be uh, Nina Bar. They, they were very, very competitive, taking that space, counter rocking, get bounced into their feet straight away. That's a South African thing, no okay. doubt. That's a, a Leinster thing now. Okay. Let's hear from uh, Kaylin Doris immense again as usual this evening. Kaylin, you look like a bunch of very happy boys after that performance. Definitely, always a tough place to come. Um, pretty hostile crowds, the French supporters really bring it in terms of volume, in terms of atmosphere. Uh, so we knew we were coming into a bit of a cauldron, but for us it's just about being ourselves, playing our game. We targeted a fast start, we scored first, got a nice lead and just went from there. Yeah, pleasing start. You look like a team uh, on a mission. Um, there's been a lot of talk about bouncing back from the World Cup and you know, life after Johnny, etc, etc. Um, did all that factor into your performance or was it more than that? Um, we have so much belief in what we've done over the last few years. Obviously, the way the World Cup ended wasn't how we envisioned it, wasn't how we had planned, but still there's so much belief in what we do and the players we have. Obviously, a few key figures have gone, but other guys are stepping forward and it's been a great 10 days so far and, yeah, pleasing with that performance. Um, you talk about, about someone like Johnny stepping away. Um, looking at that game, it's clear you're sort of stepping forward into some of the leadership roles and the conversations around there. Is it really satisfying that that, that leadership was in the team in such a big occasion like this? Yeah, like even when Johnny was there, there was plenty in behind him. It's never one guy, it's always a team of people in behind and everyone leads, which makes the job easy, whoever is there. So we're trying to help Pete, trying to support him and yeah, he's doing a great job. Talk to us about some of those younger guys, some of those less experienced guys came in, some amazing performances this evening. The player of the match, Joe McCarthy, for example, I mean, you're behind him uh, in, in that pack. How did he do this evening in your view? Class, he's a powerful man. I think the most pleasing thing from the younger lads is the composure. Even when there's a mistake here or there, they're able to bounce back and just be next moment focused and get back to present, which was very impressive there. Um, all in all, you're, you've started Six Nations in, in the perfect style. Could you have dreamed of a start like this and what sort of momentum does it give you going forward into the championship? Yeah, like you say, momentum is huge in the Six Nations. Uh, win away in France is a great start. It's just week by week now though. It's not Italy, um, Fallow week and then Wales. So yeah, week by week. Brilliant stuff. Best luck with it. Fair play, Gail. Cheers. Thanks. Cairn Doris, next Irish captain in waiting, seems to be the sense. Rob? Uh, certainly, I think he's he's right up there at the top of the list. Um, there's a few guys who it could be. You know, Dan Sheehan is another guy who doesn't really get spoken about a huge amount, but his level of performances every single week is at least an 8 out of 10. He always brings it to the opposition. Um, you know, you have Gary Ringrose, James Ryan in that conversation too. Ty Byrne now will Captain Munster see how he develops. Um, but I, I think Bundy has leadership qualities, yeah, and another guy who, who takes it to the opposition. But for, for me, I think... Doris is, is an outstanding candidate. Mm. So final thoughts. Ireland for the Grand Slam. Do you want to go and give everyone a viral clip that they can... That's uh, a now, isn't it? <laughs> That's all turn, we need. Just about turning up. Uh, but, um, what's the toughest match en route yeah. to Scotland on the 16th of March? Uh, depends what kind of England we see. Uh, Wales look to be very much in a rebuilding phase. Um, you know, you know, very inexperienced. You know, coming to, um, to Dublin as well. The expectation is that Ireland should do that. Mm. Um, Italy will be fine. Um, you would imagine. 
Um, and Scotland on the last day, if Ireland are playing for a Grand Slam, they're going to win that game. I'd be very confident about that. Um, so it's England and Twickenham, which is which is no joke yeah. or any time. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to see what England you know do through this championship. They, I think, they needed to have fairly radical change, both in terms of personnel but also game plan. They haven't had radical change in personnel. There's been some change, but not as radical as as might have been. We need to see what they're doing in game plan because, for me, in the World Cup, they were the, you know they got to the they, they won the th- uh, third place medal, but at the same time, they looked like a um, South Africa light, and they should have beaten that game in South Africa. South Africa were completely emotionally drained for that. They gave their by far their worst um, um, performance in the tournament, and England still couldn't beat them. Mm. So they need to find what their identity is. You know. Ireland knows what their identity is. Scotland actually know what their identity is. France, I think they know. They might have to have a relook at it, but they know what their identity is. And and Wales are rebuilding, so you know England need to find it and they find it fast. If they find it by the time Ireland come up to Twickenham, then that becomes a very difficult game. Yeah. But I like as things stand, this was the game that I thought was their issue. Why Ireland wouldn't win the championship with the Grand Slam and. You know, I thought they, I thought they'd get narrowly defeated, but they absolutely pumped them. Yeah, Rob, would you have much hope for England turning things around rapidly? The Six Nations? Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't think so. I think yeah. they've, they've a long way to come um, in terms of that. You know, I think identity is is a very well said thing. We don't know what England is going to turn up. We don't know what type of game they're playing. Um, they'll have a new number 10 now so things will change there it it, it will be you know I, I would say our, our toughest game of the tournament but you know I, I called it before the game Ireland Grand Slam and I think it'll be the same you didn't call it before the game. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I mean, it's, got, I mean, it's late I'm getting tired but yeah. uh, final word Andrew Trimble how many um, how many Trimbles out of 10 for the evening um, 8 Trimbles out of 10 Okay, one Trimble all? out of 10 for France yeah uh, this, I'm starting just to get a little bit worried about Scotland only because and this is just superstition talking here for years we've thought about Scotland talked them up and then we've hammered them whenever it came to it and I think collectively we've all thought Scotland at home will be fine superstitious kicking in this will be the one year it won't be fine England yeah the identity thing I just can't see we've been talking about England it'll fall into place even at the World Cup on paper it looked like it fell into place but it didn't yeah. they weren't really semi-finalists Okay. Well, we are back tomorrow. More rugby. Italy take on England. We'll get a good look at the English tomorrow. Live in Virgin Media, one half past one. Tomorrow evening, Irish under 20s. Very tough opening game away to France. Uh, That's live from half past seven, Virgin Media 2. And then Sunday, highlights from all of the round one action. Seven o'clock, Virgin Media 2. My thanks to Rob, Andrew and Shane. Perfect start to Ireland's Six Nations. The Grand Slam is suddenly very much on. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.